on Curium. So Magento just pulled out the um, edition of uh, PHP Architect. We try to take over it about once a year. And this year we kind of got the opportunity to uh, do a podcast as well. So no idea when that's coming out. But there was a guy that was helping out with this. He was actually offering offering up advice. So anyone that's listening, I'm sure they've been doing it for uh, several years, they say. And that's uh, Eric Van Johnson, S-H-O-C-M on Twitter. But anyway, so keep your ears peeled for, for a riveting, you know, another riveting you know, 30 minutes of me talking about Magento. So that's what you're saying, that you did a podcast. Let me just recap this. Yeah. <laughs> I think we lost the first part of it. To summarize, you're basically saying you did a podcast for PHP Architect? Right, because we did the magazine uh, takeover. And so that's out. It's freely available to the world, uh, courtesy of our longstanding partnership with them. Yeah. And then we followed that up with the podcast. Nice. It's pretty cool. Thanks for jumping on the call. How's the voice? Uh, well, you can hear I've got my, my sexy college radio voice back. It's definitely, it's allergy season. So like on the rare occasion that I've been home for this, the trees out here on the island just um, explode all at once and it gets me. Of course, you know, this is a great, great moment to have like, you know, your nose running and everything. Yeah, it's not good. And Quentin's missing you, by the way. Uh, I well, you know, I, I'm he's man, he's he's a heck of a cuddler. I miss him too. It's been a while, Ben. Hey, did you solve your stool problem? <laughs> Sorry, that was a I, funny joke. I I, I, was, I thought it was funny though that you like you got home, you're like, wow, I actually do not have a suitable chair for working from home. And I don't. I have two stools. I have a couch. I actually went to our office today and stole two chairs. I went and bought one of those risey things that you put your laptop on, and I got yep. my mouse and keyboard. So I'm struggling to say the least. Well, don't tell the CEO, right? Well, I think, look, there's some good points and some bad points. The good points are before before this moment, he had a very good work-life balance. So he didn't, you know, like he never saw the need to have a chair at home, right? Yeah. The uh, the bad points are we, we moved out of the office pretty damn quickly last week. On Thursday, I think, was when I said, all right, we're going remote. Because I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm watching this around the world, as I'm sure you are, because yeah. we're both – you know, we both are friends globally. We both travel globally. Um, here in Texas, it's definitely hitting a little bit slower. And there's a lot of, I don't know if ignorance is the right word, but that's what I'm going to say. Mm. There's a lot of ignorance about what's actually going on. So it kind of, you know, I've been trying to talk to the team and stuff like that about it. And, you know, the world is going on like normal around us. And first day, I was just like, frankly, fuck it. We're working from home. And I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. They had to rush it, you know. We had to rush getting people out, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, just well, I mean, it's anecdotal, right? And this is a dangerous time for anecdote, but I mean, you can. It is not a hard stretch, I think, to see. I, I actually just was reading an article. It was on someone basically just noticed that there were lines out the door uh, for gun shops, and so the reporter had kind of gone around and was like, was actually ended up in the middle of the country somehow was interviewing someone, I think it was in Oklahoma. And he was just basically, he wouldn't even talk to her and, and, uh, until hands were shaken. Right. And basically said, yeah, this is just a, uh, essentially it's the flu and it's just a kind of a hoax cooked up by the coastal elites. I, I was still this, this kind of, this dichotomy of like coastal elites and then sort of rest of country has not made sense to me. You know, it's, it, it'd be a pretty amazing hoax or deep state conspiracy or whatever that got us in the situation we're in. And uh, fundamentally it's just, it's really tragic, right? Because 
that kind of talk almost sets you off for like wanting to prove the other person wrong. But in this case, proving that person wrong, you know, is sort of like just pointing to evidence of the most awful stripe, right? People are dying and people are, uh, because of this disease, people will die because of this disease. You know, even if they're not directly infected, like if the hospitals are stuffed up and you, your appendix, you know, you get appendicitis, you have a stroke, you have a heart attack. I mean, guess what? The critical care won't be available. So it's not ideal. Kudos to you guys for recognizing this early on, to you all for recognizing this early on and getting, you know, kind of getting the team set up. I know at Adobe, we were pretty quick to start saying, hey, shutting offices and saying, hey, everyone, you know, if you can work from home, work from home. In fact, the day that announcement came out, I think it was like the next day we were supposed to, like Sherry and my boss and I were supposed to meet up in Austin and you know, now that I have either allergies or something, I'm really glad that I wasn't out <laughs> flying around because, you know, I, don't, I would feel terrible if I was out spreading this. So I'm really glad that, that some companies took this seriously, but it's going to get a lot worse before it gets even better. And it'll never be quite back to, to normal. I agree. What can we do, right? You've got to try and stay somehow positive in this situation. You know, the three of us, right? We're all travelers, yeah? We're all going around from here, there to everywhere. And I remember saying at the start of the year, I didn't want to do any events this year. I mean, how <laughs> fucking literal did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Quentin, what's your thoughts? It's kind of weird to be in Austin, to be honest, when you've kind of teed yourself up to have, you know, four events in a month and then you go to no events in a month and you think, oh, I'm back home. Everything's going to be great. But back home is worrying about loved ones and stuff like that. I've got a weird kind of lens on it, I think, because I'm in the this isn't going to kill me camp. But I'm also not like that at all because I have elderly parents. So I don't know. I think for the 30s and under people, it's kind of a it's a weird time to live in because we've never really experienced anything like this as adults. Yeah. So I posted something on Facebook yesterday because I was thinking about it. My sophomore year of college, I had pneumonia. Spring break, I went home for a night. I lived, you know, I was, school was close to home. I went home for a night and then I was going to head, head to the beach house. And that night I started feeling just, I mean, super quick. I just started feeling not well. You know, you're like, okay, this is, this is coming. I'm, I'm sick. I had a fever of 104 more for three days. And I will say that that was, that was a humbling, informative experience because you're sitting there like you're not really awake. You're not really asleep. Who's hallucinating? It's really just don't want to move. Can't be comfortable. Nothing is, nothing is clear. I basically lost three days of life there. And I was lucky that I was young and healthy and it ended up taking care of itself. I wasn't really back 100% for at least a month after that, but I can only imagine what that's like, you know, even now in my forties or for, for some other people, this is, you know, this is really dangerous stuff, but I hear you about, you know, being home and like you're, you're forced to, you know, now, now you're, now you're sat at home, got to make sure the company keeps running under, you know, in a, co- a completely different business climate, you know, on top of having to worry about things. What is the outlook for uh, Shipper HQ right now? Like how, how does this, how do you all see this affecting your business? Because it's not, you know, your business depends on your customer's business. I mean, that's a big question, Mr. Marks. That's a big question. You want the online version or the <laughs> offline version? Yeah, well, let's be cut. No, I'd say, I'd say let's, let's, let's put something out there. I mean, let, I'd say let's maybe, you know, without... You know, of course, you, you've got to be careful with what you think and what you say. Maybe, you know, thinking that there are going to be other people having this question out there. 
let's talk about more general, more generally what you see happening in the sector as opposed to like your specific business. Publicly, right? <laughs> My view is that we just got to fight this, you know, as a small company. I think any small company right now is looking at their revenue, looking at their customers and should be saying, let's forecast that in the next three to four months and let's see what we need in order to keep going. What happens in various scenarios? So last week, you know, I was saying to the staff, what happens if we lose X percent of customers? And now I'm saying what happens if we lose 2X percent of customers? And then I'm looking at, as a CEO, I'm looking at it going, right, what levers can I pull right now to bring more business into this company in order to counteract that? Should I push up prices? Should I lower prices? Should I give out free stuff? Should I go and talk to partners? Should I, what can I do in order to try and mitigate what I see as being problematic times? I mean, I I honestly think that people are going to move away from buying luxury items and some of those websites are going to suffer. And, you know, people start suffering. People start looking at that, you know. We're also looking at other stuff like how do we reduce our Amazon bill? This afternoon, we're ripping ripping down one of our development environments, not because we need to right now, but because I'm saying let's go overcautious now because my job, quite frankly, as a CEO is to ensure that at the end of this year, I've still got the same staff in place. And I have torn up my whole 2020 roadmap. I've literally thrown it in the bin and said, my only goal this year is to ensure that you all have a job at the end of it. So it sounds like, I mean, you're, you're, you know, the lever you're pulling right now is, is just being fully transparent with your team so that they know they should also be looking at what they can do to help the business and that you have, that you have their back. Uh, You know, one of the, one of the interesting things about this, this pandemic happening in, you know, in, in this day and age is watching kind of the real time displays of empathy. So looking at all of these, especially big tech companies that are facilitating work from home setups right now, it's, it's, it's easy in the tech bubble for us to kind of feel like, oh, well, we've got our solution here. You know, we just kind of go home and do your work when, when obviously the, the stores, the stores need to be stocked. The medicine needs to get made. The lights need to stay on. There's so many people for, for whom this isn't a choice, but you know, part of the idea is that if you know, as many people as can, can stay at home, that helps things out. I think that just the, the show of empathy will help people keep their cool, will help businesses do what they can. I mean, it's not going to solve everything, but I do see a lot of the tech sector kind of facilitating and trying to blunt blunt the very sharp edge of, of this recession that's that's hit us now. And I, I think that's that's a pretty cool thing. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out over time. But that seems like the the play that companies with the power with with some kind of buffer to do that, that's what they'll do. For me, I think this is, you know, the first recession I've ever really seen. Uh, I talked to Karen about this before because both my parents are in healthcare, uh, healthcare and is somewhat recession proof because you always need people in an ER uh, and people are always dying. So I don't know. I think, I think in my way, it's kind of like a two or three or four pronged approach where this is definitely going to be a uh, very exciting next couple of months. Well, I love your youthful your youthful um, take on this, and and I and I don't I don't mean that in in any kind of condescending way. I mean I think that's you have to have that attitude. But I, and one of the ways I'm looking at this too is you know if you look at your customers out there, those that are that are going to need to come to you in the coming month, 
you know, you might notice like, hey, you're, you're in arrears. You know, you work with them, you, you display, you, you offer to them that empathy, that understanding. You come out of that moment with, I think, a much stronger relationship. So I think, you know, you've, you've got a winning approach there. We are pretty relationship driven here because, I mean, to be honest with you, if you look up, there's a customer of ours, bobby.de. If you look up their company about us page, they have Shipper HQ people there. We don't work there, but we were such a critical and integral part of, you know, getting their website up that they wanted to like, quote unquote, honor us and put us on their site. So we not only do partnerships with tech companies, I mean, we're partners with our customers down to the ones that pay $50 a month up to the ones that pay us, you know. $50,000 a year and up plus that, you know, we treat them all the same and we want to make sure that we're an add-on, not a hindrance. You know, me and you, Ben, have spoken about this before, you know, like you can look at it any way you like, but we're people within the ecosystem that are known and people look up to us, you know, uh, rightly or wrongly, quite frankly. I mean, uh, no idea why they look up to judgment. you, but they do. I've always said to you, and I, I think me and you have discussed this a few times, that I struggle with the pressure of that sometimes. And I'm not, although, you know, I'm the one in the middle of the dance floor or the one at the bar that seems the loudest. I think in my natural, you know, position, I'm actually a pretty quiet person that just wants to sit here and write code. That pressure of leadership, and not just as a CEO, but as somebody out there in the ecosystem, it's definitely difficult. But I also think this, and this is one of the reasons why I've been banging on a bit today, you know, I've put it on LinkedIn and I actually sent emails today to both the CEO of Big Commerce and yeah. the CEO of Shopify, asking them to help because there are ways we can help. And there are people like me, quite frankly, that understand what the hell is going on down at a lower level, right? We understand these merchants, these retailers, these tech partners, this ecosystem to a degree that some of these other people just don't understand. And I'm in the luxury position of, and you are as well, right? also understanding it from a development perspective. So we know what work is involved with stuff. I can roughly quote how long things are going to take to build. I know how to create solutions for problems. And I think that one of our jobs is to amplify the voice of other people, but also to stand there and state what we need to do. And look, you know, people. some people are going to look at me and go, what a fucking idiot or shut up why are you talking I don't care at this point I really don't care because what I'm seeing and I called it out earlier is a real lack of leadership and I'm looking around and going where is my boss where are they because frankly I could quite I could do with them right well now. you called out I mean, Bezos you're like hey if he alone could buffer yeah. So much of Fuck this industry, Where is it? it's, it's an interesting yeah. idea. I have no, obviously, insight into their business, but it's it's an interesting idea. So we're like, well, you all could do the same thing that we're going to have to do at our end of the market, right? You know, for our customers, just soften the Precisely. landing for a bit. And then guess what? You know, the more of this business that we're able to continue and carry along, the quicker it's going to come back, you know, come yeah. back and come back together and come back stronger. I think there's a ripple effect, right? That grows as your business goes. Like somebody like me, at the end of the day, we're 35 staff in a bootstrap business. There's only so much I can do right now, and I have to protect my staff. And if I've got cash in the bank at the end of the year, I'm going to go out and have a bloody party. Right? That's how I feel. But I can still make an impact. So this is why I said the other day, go out, buy food, buy beer, go and contribute to your local economy. You don't have to do anything crazy. On the other side of it, I'm going, guys, look, we got to just you know, shave money off it, save money, make sure we can pay wages 
make sure that we can keep together. We don't know what's coming. That's the problem. It's not where we are today. It's that we don't know where we're going to be tomorrow, right? These bigger companies, some of them are massively affected. You know, you take the hotel business and everything else. I get it. Airlines, they're fucked, right? But people like AWS, Amazon, I would argue the Walmarts of the world, etc. These guys are sitting cash rich, in my opinion. They should be bloody well helping. And honestly, so should the government. Because we're going to be fucked. You know, and it's it's not the big business. Like, some of these big businesses are absolutely going to be impacted. But it's the guys at the bottom of the chain that this is going to ripple through and it's going to affect, affect, affect. And all these entrepreneurs, you're going to see Shopify store after Shopify store just shutting down. Because if you're selling stuff online that's non-essential i don't think if this carries on for the next two three months i don't think people are going to be buying it who's going to go and buy a sofa today no one no one's going to go out and buy a brand new sofa i just don't see it no in fact i mean aside from the an absolute crush on on some of the you know cheap monitors and cheaper office furniture you know, I know they've seen some, some suggestions from people like, oh, just hop on Craigslist and you can find a great office chair. I'm like, there's no way of finding any of that stuff right now because that, that market is now completely occupied. Everyone's trying to set themselves up from working from home, which fortunately, obviously, I'm, I'm already set up for. So, But yeah, you will see, you'll see these, these businesses that are in the business of aggregating, you know, aggregating and mass these much smaller, like they'll absolutely feel it. I've always appreciated that you 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 tend to feel you, you feel and you feel firmly like at the at the edge of your um, kind of on your cuff there. It's out there for everyone to see when you're on there. I mean, I saw you earlier today just pinging some industry leaders like saying, "Hey, y'all, just step up. Let's start rallying people around." And I think and I think those kind of calls those those calls can be helpful uh, because I think they have perspective, they have experience. I mean, if if you have leaders like that come out and say you know point out facts like, "Hey, we've had a really good tear in this economy." I mean, it's it's really like what Adobe stock was up so, so far, so high just this year. When I looked earlier, I think it was around 300. I mean, that's, that's, that's still an amazing, an amazing price. So it feels relatively bad, but you know, we're still, we're still well off from times of, of mass chaos and famine. And if you really look at, like you look at even some of the bigger businesses, like outside of tech. So let's take airlines, which, you know, I'm, I'm infinitely or intimately familiar with. I'm a little, I'm a little miffed, you know, when you think about some of the bigger industries that have been spending, spending sort of cheap, uh, cheap cash to buy stock and puff up, basically puff up their position in the market. Well, wouldn't it be nice, especially for businesses that are absolutely subject to these eventual cyclical downturns? Wouldn't it be nice if we sort of just said, hey, not trying to tell you exactly how to run your business, but you all maybe should hold on to a whole bunch of cash and reserves so that we don't have to bail you out. We don't have to be your buffer because that's what's going to happen. I mean, something something as crucial as airlines, yes, they'll be, you know, eating eating cold spam for a little while, but but we're going to we're going to make sure that they're able to run because, you know, it doesn't take much time for the demand to to come back online and we'll need them to be there to help drive the economy. I mean just things like that. I think I think our leaders in our industry have a, have a chance to sit sit there and provide this perspective. And they have, you know, anytime DHH is out there saying anything, I don't know how he has the time to do it, but he's out there and he's interacting with the people responding. 
I mean, th- those are hundreds of thousands of eyeballs that see them, and they're able to influence the the perspective and the dialogue around these issues. One of the things that I found really interesting was talking about airlines, and I think you're a Delta guy. Is uh, CEO Ed Bastian said that he's giving he's foregoing his salary for six months to give it to yeah. staff, and I thought that was really yeah. powerful. I really I've always been a big fan of Delta. It's what I fly personally. Uh, just because I tend to get upgrades from them randomly. But, you know, seeing that and kind of a lead by example, especially in an industry that's definitely very fat at the top, it was interesting to see them kind of put their flag in the ground and say, look, you know, I'm not going to take a salary for six months. I want this to go to you guys. I mean, because it's probably, you know, at least a million dollars. But I don't know. I, I thought that was pretty powerful. And I thought it was interesting to kind of see, uh, you know, an industry titan like Delta, Delta's leader make that kind of call. So I think that, because we're kind of at the beginning of this, especially I, I in the States. I think it was more than a million. Well, that wouldn't surprise me. That's just, a, that's my guess. Um, I guess from the kickbacks, but. I mean, I think it's a lot more than a million dollars. Just so you know. Salary, his salary is 900,000. I mean, obviously his compensation is a lot. His compensation oh, is, is, is a lot more. Oh, he's only yeah, That's what I think he's had. I mean, we've gone into shutdown from a family perspective. This is where it is. And it's not because, you know, it's not because we don't have the cash. It's because we well, right. don't know what the hell's going on. Like, so I have to go for a worst case scenario and go, how do I keep this going this year? And I think that's what any diligent business leader needs to do. It's not that Shipper HQ is doing badly. We've seen no churn whatsoever, no impact of this whatsoever. We think that, you know, things are going incredibly well right now. We've got massive partnerships in place with FedEx. We've got stuff going on with DHL. We've got stuff going on with your friend Shopify, big commerce, and Magento Shipping. I think you just don't know what's around the corner right now. And the projections that you can see create some, some hard times. And, you know, like being overexposed and putting cash aside. I do get you, and I agree with you. And I've always been a very conservative boss. And I think Quentin would probably agree with this, right? I'm definitely one that holds the finances tight in the company. You know, I don't like waste, et cetera, et cetera. There's a time at which you go, do you know what? Everything's looking great. Let's go for it. And I don't think anybody could have foreseen this. And I don't know that anybody could put any contingency to one side to deal with the potential impact of this. I think this was, I mean, I have, my wife has been hearing me for the last at least year and a half say, man, this is, this is tumbling down because things were growing too fast, right? You know, it's not like I pretend to understand micro or macroeconomics, but just sort of looking somewhat objectively at how fast things were running, it makes sense that things are going to tumble back. Now you don't know what the trigger event is going to be. Is it going to be some ballistic missile flying out of North Korea? Is it going to be some oil-based war? You know, and it turns out this time it was just some pathogen coming out of an area and spreading as it's going to do in this day and age to the rest of the world. I think what we can do now as an industry and as a people, as a nation, and each nation can do, you know, we can look at the examples that are being set all over again. I, I for me, this this resolves back to empty, and it's and it's wonderful that we get to see these moments and these actions. And I'm I'm talking about everything from posts that I'm seeing where people are saying, "Hey, like, do you have a an, an older and you know infirm neighbor that needs some help? Do you own a grocery store? Can you open up a little early so that you know, so that people have a chance to actually get their resources without having to literally kind of compete." 
you're in Italy, are you, you just come out at noon and applaud, you know, just applause, let it ring out through the city, come out on your balcony so that the healthcare workers know that you appreciate them. All these little things. And then we have these moments in our industry here. You know, we're going to need, we need to set that. That needs to become the baseline, the baseline of empathy now, mm. because I think what you're going to see, oh, I, I would guess what, in about, in about two months time is when you all would start to feel the chilling effects from this moment on your business. Is that, is that about right? I think by the end of April, yeah, because I, I think uh, honestly, like, that we are still a bit of business as usual this month. So I think if we all start going indoors in America, yeah. as we're doing, if that continues through April, I think it, that's when it's going to start hurting, don't you? I have zero real insight and responsibility when it comes to sort of Adobe's, <laughs> Adobe's cash flow. I think we're all very, very pleased with that arrangement. So I, I'm not sure about our, our business, but I would, I would guess just from, you know, having been in the agency world, you know, you'd see something, something could happen. And then it, it was, it would usually be like two months or so uh, for, for things to kind of uh, flush down and out, you know, we, so we won't really know what the impacts are going to be until, yeah, until that happens. Hey buddy, so I'm getting a visit from a three-legged yeah. dog. Hey buddy. He's cute. That's a cute dog. The thing is about, I think, talking to the Magento ecosystem in general, well, look, we, we don't all get on, do we? And we've all got our memes, should we say. You're yep. the golden retriever. Fair. I'm the Doberman. That's still a good dog. You know, we've all got a... We've all... There's They're definitely worse dogs to be than a Doberman. Oh, yeah. I grew up with Dobermans. They're great. But you know what I mean, right? Everyone's got their little, you know, yeah. stuff going on. You're probably like a Scotty, <laughs> Quentin, I'd say. <laughs> you know what that is? Oh, you yeah. know what Scotty is? Uh, West, Scottish Terrier. West, Scottish Terrier, like West Scottish. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, is, and, right? because they, and they've got that face that's just always like, hey. Wait, who's the Scottish Terrier? <laughs> that's it. Oh, I'll take that. I thought <laughs> you are. I was confused there for a second. I thought we switched that to you. And right. I was like, well, maybe not a Scottish Terrier. And and Quentin and Quentin, Quentin uh, <laughs> bonus so so temperament feisty self assured independent alert playful and quick and hypoallergenic. Do you have like a dog stat sheet in front there of you, you or something? Because that was impressive. I'm 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 ninja magic with the Google. You have you have really good internet out there. But look, anyways, guys, boys, 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 boys. But the you know, come on, guys, <laughs> focus. You know, like we we don't we don't all get on. We all we all have our own personalities. Now's the time more than ever to pull together. You know, we all need lifting up, right? And we all need to lift up. And it's as simple as that. And I think, for instance, yesterday I, I dropped Tink an email. And I rarely, rarely talk to Tink. I did get really drunk with him. I was with you, actually. Are you live? Remember that? Yeah, there's a funny story around that that I can't even tell. In fact, there's several. Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, I lost my thread. I emailed. I've just seen about Amsterdam thinking, what a fucking disaster of a week that was i mean in a great kind of way i sent him an email last night and i just went mate what can we do to work together better and he emailed me back straight away and said let's jump on a call actually we set you up for tomorrow let's jump on a call let's talk about it brought in his top guys and we, and that's what we're going to do and you know yeah. kudos to him right for doing that and i would say it's all about that pay it yeah, forward yeah. you know the film oh yeah more than ever, that's what this is about, right? So I'm going to pay it forward, and I hope you know other people do that with me, right? I hope that people can see that 
you know, there's there's humans in, in this business and all of our businesses. And right now, more than ever, we need to try and work together to just hold each other up, right? And if we do that and we get that support, no matter where it's from, ignore your fucking Twitter profile, how many followers you've got or how much influence you think you have or don't have or whatever. What does it matter? You know, in the grand scheme of things, what does it matter? What matters right now is it's all continuing to pay our mortgages, our clients continuing to pay their mortgages, making sure we're all staying healthy and as few people get affected by this. And honestly, fuck all else matters. That's how I feel about it. I've always been very close to my clients and, you know, I'm, I feel sad about, you know, what's going well, to happen. Well, I, um, I think I, I think I, sad about it. I can feel you on a certain level there. I mean, I will say in this, you know, again, just kind of resolving things back to, you know, sphere of influence, you know, as far as industry goes, I mean, obviously we can, we can all be empathetic in our daily lives. We can all spread kindness and try and be helpful, you know, whether that's staying in, whether that's, you know, maybe if you get sick and then, you know, you're not no longer contagious being able to, to offer some help later. But in this, in this business, whose line is it anyway, right? You know, where the, the rules are made up and the points don't matter. You know, for us, we have the things that we can do in our businesses to, to again, kind of just blunt this indelicate edge of current situation. A lot of us can come up. There's a lot of room for creative solutions where we can, where we can make a difference. Now, the people who can help with, with, you know, smoothing out the, the financial roughness, that's going to be king. But where we can come up with novel ideas, where we can, you know, offer services for free that, you know, may not cost anything or may cost very little because we've got our infrastructure so locked down. Those are the things that, that, again, the more that we're able to preserve from the good times, it's our starter culture for what we get to, what we get to do and, and when we get to do it moving forward. And what's your kind of wish for the end of this year? I mean, where are you at with that? Uh, gosh, by the end of the year, I hope we will have seen some just spectacular progress on a vaccine. Uh, you know, what's going to happen after this, this initial period for this virus to just be endemic everywhere is you'll see little flare-ups, you know, again and again, that'll happen over the next year. So see that be kind of minimized as much as possible to have really gained some insight about how fragile, you know, where the weak points and where the strong points of each nation's, you know, logistics and, and healthcare for, for handling something like this are. From a business standpoint, I hope we're looking at, at a stable and hopefully upwardly trajectory from an economic standpoint you know and then i'd say maybe people might you know everyone think you know you think of the start of a new decade okay it's almost like someone pushes a reset button and you you get to go wow this is decade hold the decade's starting out kind of kind of rough so maybe at the end of the year we'll be looking back and we'll be you know that much closer with our our friends and family and just being thankful for that uh that that sounds like a good place to start yeah absolutely and what do you see I mean, just, you know, just a couple of questions on Magento. So, I mean, we were just about to run a 20, you know, June 2020 end of life campaign, right? With, with WebShop apps. I mean, I just told the guys to throw it in the bin. I don't see that it's happening. Do you see it happening? Or do you think you're going to carry on patching it till the end of the year? Um, it's I, bad timing, right? Well, on the one hand, I'd encourage people to get in touch with us. I will speak for myself here. Okay, so this is not this is not a, an a, an official like Magento position. Magento one end of life. I mean, I, I feel like 
You don't have to talk about this. No, no, no. This is why I think it's important to talk about. So the signals that I'm getting and have been receiving, so the content that's being produced. Uh, so this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing. Essentially, if if someone's not going to be off, I, I don't. I'm not sure that this is a this is this 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 crisis is the thing that is really responsible for someone being off of Magento One, wherever they're headed, whether it's Magento Two or another platform. The Magento One end of life. I mean, that clock started ticking in 2015. We had three years. We I get it, we- right? Come on, there's tens of thousands of people still on this. Like, I got to challenge you on this. You got tens of thousands of people still on this, and they're in the shit as retailers. And you're gonna say, "Well, sorry, you're now out of basically PCI DSS compliance, effectively, right?" I'm still trying to figure out. In fact, this came up on a on a thread I was looking at earlier, and the whole PCI DSS thing. The answer is kind of it depends. I mean, and it is interesting now that you have like the the Mage One solution, so Mage One Com, um, Mage One Com, which looks pretty good, right? It, it looks, it looks. I'm really happy for it, and I and I'm more more than just the fact that I'm happy that it exists. Uh, so it's it's some fantastic people, like the original people, sort of some of the original you know ecosystem members. These people have been around and have cared and have shared Magento ethos for you know since the beginning. You know, but their attitude in all of this is, you know, they're eager. They basically, they want, they want themselves to not be necessary. They are just there because they know there are some people who are still, for whatever, for whatever reason, you know, they don't have the business that they can move. They don't have whatever the case may be. They're there to kind of help, help those folks out. But, but they're, they are not there to help artificially extend the Magento One end of life. And, and, I, and I like that. I like that. That's that. That is their approach. Yeah, and I agreed. think you know, as long as uh, you know, Magento or Adobe w- would sit there and continue to extend Magento One's you know sort of support scope, it sends the wrong message. And we are getting further and further and further away from even the underlying technology that's necessary to maintain. I understand what you're saying, but we're in unprecedented circumstances, and these merchants need. My my site, webshopapps.com, is on Magento One. Interesting. Right? The last thing I'm going to worry about right now is moving that, quite frankly. You run the risk of, honestly, leaving a bad taste sure. if you stick to that schedule. And I would urge your leadership to take note of that. And I, you know, because get what you're saying, but this is not normal times, right? And the last thing people are going to be doing right now, in my opinion, will be going out wanting to worry about that what people anybody any small business certainly right now what they need is stability and support and they're going to be trying to sell trying to market trying to get on social and they're going to try to keep their business up and running much like many years ago when we saw you know i remember seeing issues with one step checkout kind of extensions that were literally causing some people to go bankrupt and they were ringing me up with their head in their hands and I think you'll have that kind of situation going on where people, because although we understand that, yeah, you could leave it on Magento 1, not all merchants understand that. And they see this end of June deadline as being a cutoff point. Do you really want to give them that kind of stress right now? I, I, I just question it, you know, I like, and I feel yeah. like. It's my job yeah, question, isn't it? No, and it is, it is, and I, and it's, you know, it's my job to think about. It. It's my job to hear this stuff, and and of course, it's my job also to pass this in my my chain of command. And I'll, I mean, but I'll offer again. It's just, you know, I, I think, you know, I think we could go another year, 
uh, of Magento One support and still have the same discussion. Like, you know, is this really what the people need right now? I mean, at some point, at some no, point, no, I, I think people we were to... accepting it. I think people were accepting it for this June, but I think that you're in extraordinary circumstances right now. Yeah, like, that's why. To... You know, that's why we've pulled out marketing right for it because. I honestly don't see the point in running the campaign because I don't see anybody moving right now. Everyone's going to either sit tight or they've already done it. I just don't see people moving. And this is one of the things that I'm interested in, like with, with what the association can offer, which is helping to facilitate. So we have, we kind of continuing what we've been doing. We're, we're all distributed anyway. And uh, so we should have a content content site coming up soon. And, and one of the main and probably will be the top category, I imagine, is going to be conversations and, and documents around Magenta One End of Life, because this is, this is by far, you know, one of the most interest generating topics in the Magento ecosystem. And it's a reality, you know, there will be thousands and thousands of community edition Magento One merchants still on the software. Some of them are lost causes, right? Some of them have never professionally run that business anyway, but there are a lot who will, you know, who, who really, you know, they're for whatever oh, yeah, reason. They're absolutely, yeah. And, and then there there will be Magento One Enterprise merchants still on, and you know, and some of them have the attitude of like, yeah, no, we'll we'll move at our own pace, and we've 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 got everything taken care of. We've got a good agency. We're working with our our vendors to ensure that we have mm. we have support for our for our payments, our plugins, everything. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. So I yeah, I absolutely invite anyone who wants to have these kind of discussions. You can always have them with me. Whatever your relationship with Magento, you, you'll have you yeah. have you have a kind ear in me for sure. Yeah, that's good. And it is worth saying, you know, on the retail side, I mean, I don't want to be too pessimistic here. I mean, we're probably in one of the best industries out there after maybe healthcare, right, from the fact of the risk of infection, but, uh, you know, drugs or something. Um, people are going to be shopping online. As long as you're in the right vertical, then business should be good. And, you know, there certainly is going to be a segment of retailers that this is good for business, right? You sell hand sanitizers, like we just we just onboarded somebody, uh, fast-tracked them on Friday, actually, selling hand sanitizer. That's going to be a, a boom in business, right? But um, yeah. I'm English. We have a slightly pessimistic view of the world, and uh, we have to fight hard. I'm actually an optimist in England, but in America, I'm a pessimist. <laughs> <laughs> so, weirdly. But I do have another question for you, just before we go. I mean, I yeah. leave the hard ones till last. Where are your leaders, and do you miss Mark Lavelle? Oh, well, you know, interestingly enough, I uh, actually, I have, so I had a conversation with, uh, with a woman named Sri. Now she is part of the um, women in tech. And this is a group who, when we had, when we had Magento Live in India uh, a couple years ago, uh, we took the proceeds of that event and basically donated um, some proceeds to charity in India. And so Girls in Tech, India, and then She Builds Tech, which is a Girls in Tech Foundation initiative. Um, so Sri's been responsible for that, and we've been in communication over the past couple of years. This Girls in Tech program has impacted over 6,000 girls, their term, by the way, in India. And when I was looking through this, I had a, you know, a picture of a very nice you know, like handmade present that was, was presented to, to Mark Lavelle because of all of this. So I, it, gave me, it gave me a moment to remember, you know, to remember uh, Mark and you know, think about his leadership, because I remember, imagine 2014, where you know, Roy Rubin kind of in what was to be his final keynote, sort of introduced me um, as the kind of new new community person at, at Magento. And then he faded into the back and out comes Mark Lavelle. And I just don't know what to make of the guy. But obviously Lavelle ended up being, you know, uh, one heck of a leader in part because of the people he brought in. Uh, my old boss, Mark Leonard, I mean, this, this deal uh, with Adobe, the fact that everything worked out the way it did, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, 
stuff that was done, was, you know, thanks to that. And then, of course, to, to all the other people around that. I assume Mark Lavelle is probably working on, you know, the next next big thing because he just he just likes to do that stuff. And then I, I assume Roy is probably hiking up a mountain right now. Yeah, well, we we spoke to Roy a bit today, didn't we, when you shared your Marmite yeah. video. I can't believe you still have that Marmite. That's ridiculous. You could paint your fences with that. That's a that's oh, probably. It's probably it's, <laughs> it's probably, probably as good as creosote right now. Uh, it yeah, it definitely it. has that. It has that Marmite EXO richness to it. It was 2012, I believe, because I remember yeah. giving it to you on the booth, and I f- I'm pretty sure it was we were on a when I gave it to her, we were on a booth, and I think that was the first time we had a booth. Yeah, I mean, it was it was either there or it was, it was Innovate. What was that, Quinn? Is that stuff expire? That's been like eight years. Oh, yeah, so, so it's, it's why I was, I was amazed. I was amazed to see, like, I can't, I couldn't quite tell because the date's partly rubbed off, but it looks like it was, it looked like it had a shelf life up until, like, 2018 or 2016 or something i mean it was it, it was quite quite remarkable i mean it's it's yeah basically it's salt oh, it's, it's fine it's, no, yeah it tastes, exactly i don't think it tastes good fresh i don't think it tastes bad expired it might make it a little better in my opinion <laughs> but, but, but i'm i'm uh i'm out of marmite so if you can if you can set you aside some huh um, okay Maybe, well, while the mail's still running yeah all right I don't have anything more to say. We've taken up almost an hour here. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about as time goes on. So maybe one of the things that we can do, and whether it's with me or with others, um, and Karen, uh, Quentin, you, you all can check in with, um, you know, check in with you know people from people from Magento Adobe. You could check in with people from the ecosystem just to have a. In times like this, it could be even be a comforting for people to to hear others others from the community sort of having the same questions, experiencing the same things as they are. No, I appreciate it, Ben. I think it's a great Let's idea. In touch. Well, cool gang. Well, y'all, y'all hang tight. I wish I, I'm sorry. I didn't get to see you a couple weeks ago, but that means we'll just be that much sweeter or saltier. Uh, next time I get to see you guys and um, wish you all the best in, in your, in your area. And I'm sure we all wish the best for everyone out there. Absolutely. No, I really appreciate you jumping on at such short notice. You're a stellar person. And, uh, you know, if you talk about leaders, uh, you're definitely one of them. So you've got to remember to put it down, right? Sometimes. So. Well, maybe if I could learn some accounting, I could be I could be a successful business person like you. No, I don't know about that. All right. <laughs> you take it easy, man. Thanks, All right. Man. Everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.